Constance. And I'm Lucinda. And together in our Kids Law podcast, we're going to take a look at how laws affect children as we grow up. So what are we going to look at in this episode, Emma Constance? Well, some of our guests have spoken about magistrates being involved with the majority of court cases, and I'd like to know more about their work and if they come across children in their courts. That's a good question, as magistrates make up 85% of the judiciary in England and Wales, and they sit in criminal, family and youth courts. One of the most important and interesting facts, I think, is that magistrates, also called justices of the peace or JP for short, are ordinary people who hear cases in their community. It's a system designed to be locally based and has existed for over 650 years in England and Wales. The word magistrate comes from the Middle English name for a civil officer in charge of administering laws. King Richard I created a role called Keepers of the Peace in 1195, and this system was developed in 1361 with the Justice of the Peace Act, which stated that every county should have keepers of the peace with the power to restrain offenders, rioters and baratos, which is an old word for disturbers of the peace, with powers to pursue, arrest, take and punish them according to their trespass or offence. Over the years, the role has developed, but magistrates still came from a small number of people described as good and lawful men who were in charge of keeping the king's peace. This changed in 1919 when a law, the Sex Disqualification Removal Act, allowed women to take up professional occupations and the first seven women were appointed as magistrates. More recently, magistrates have become more representative of the population. Let's talk to Catherine Sorrell, who is a magistrate and deputy chair of the Young Magistrates Network, which is a part of the Magistrates Association. Catherine, welcome to our Kids Law podcast. Can you please tell us about the role of a magistrate? Hi there. Thanks so much for having me. So you'll recognise magistrates as similar to judges, And I know you've heard from some amazing judges on this podcast. So magistrates sit in the criminal court, they hear cases and they make decisions on them. They decide whether or not somebody is guilty of a crime and then they decide what sentence to impose on them if they find them guilty. And they sit at the head of the court. So all of the information and the evidence is presented to them. They listen to it. They're independent and they're unbiased. So in many ways, they're like a judge. But the big difference between magistrates and judges is that judges are legally trained and they are paid for the role. Magistrates are volunteers. They're unpaid members of their local community. So they work part time and they don't need formal legal qualifications. Magistrates also deal with less serious criminal offences. So cases like minor theft, criminal damage, public disorder and driving offences. But when I say less serious offences, I just want to stress every case we see is significant for the person involved. So even if you take, say, a driving offence, if somebody has to lose the ability to drive their car for a couple of weeks, they might not be able to take their children to school or go and drive to an elderly relative that needs care or drive to their job. So I try not to think of them as less serious cases. I think every case that comes before me is serious. And just because we're volunteers doesn't mean we're not a really important part of the system. So virtually all cases start in a magistrate's court. Around 95%, so a huge majority of criminal cases, are decided by us. 
and in our decision we can impose fines, community penalties and short-term prison sentences. And the decisions we make help shape the local community and it's really important I think to remember that the public have an interest in the sentences we impose. And when we impose a sentence we don't just impact the people that we see in court but we impact their families in the wider community. And when we're in court, we have the support of a legal advisor. So they are legally trained and they help us to follow the correct guidelines and procedures. We also have something called the sentencing guidelines that help us make really structured decisions. So we're given lots of structure and support in court to help us. And then lastly, each case is decided by three magistrates. So you have a magistrate that's trained to act as a chairperson, which is called a presiding justice. And then you have two other magistrates called wingers. If you think of like a wing of the birds, each winger sits on either side of the presiding justice. And the three of us share the responsibility of deciding the best course of action. And Alma Constance, I'm going to put a question to you. I want to test the question of why do you think it's better to have three justices rather than two making a decision? Maybe if there are three two of them can help one person if one person is stuck. So then it's like the wings of the birds, they help the birds move. So that's probably why they're called wingers. I love that you've taken my analogy further. <laughs> so they definitely, yeah, three heads of better than two. And also um, in ma- uh, majority decision-making. So sometimes if you only have two magistrates, if they disagree, then the court can't continue. Sometimes cases have to be reheard which is really bad for the system. So if you have three magistrates, there's always a majority decision and that just helps cases tick along. But yeah, great answer. Thank you. Why do we have a magistrate system in England and Wales and who are our magistrates? So as Lucinda said, the system or magistrates has been around for over 650 years, which is a very long time. And you would expect them to change in that time period. and, And they have. So originally magistrates had roles and responsibilities that are closer to what we would think of as local government, so things like town planning. And that changed as the criminal justice system changed and as our society changed. So in around the 1800s, we start to see the development of a police force, for example. And it's around then that we start to see the role of the magistrate becoming what we see it as now, which is putting judicial decision-making powers into the hands of certain members of the community. So people that we trust for their decision-making skills and their sense of natural justice and fairness. It's really important for the public to have confidence in the way justice is dispensed. And that's why magistrates are local people who have an understanding of the local community and the challenges of everyday life. So historically, magistrates were very privileged rich landowning men but now I'm pleased to say it's very different and magistrates are very diverse so I'm going to give you some statistics so in 2020 to 2021 56% of magistrates were female and that was up from 52% in 2012 to 13. So 12% of magistrates are from a black and minority ethnic backgrounds and that's compared with 8% in 2012 to 13. So it's gone up a little bit and that is good that it's increasing, but probably still some way to go there in terms of ethnic diversity. And the statistic that I really want to pause at is that in 2020 to 21, only 5% of magistrates were under the age of 40. 
it's 5% being a really small percentage. 51% of magistrates were aged under 60 years, so you've got about half of magistrates are over the age of 60. And I'm deputy chair of the Young Magistrate Network, as Lucinda said, which launched in April 19. And we comprise magistrate association members under the age of 40, and we want to increase the number of magistrates in that age bracket. And the reason we want to do that is that the majority of defendants are people accused of crimes in our court are under the age of 40. So it's important they can look at the bench and see people like them and have trust in the decision-making process. Also, we're meant to reflect our community and you know, many more than 5% in our community are under the age of 40. And lastly, we need a future plan. So we need to make sure that when magistrates retire, there are more of them. And I should actually also add, younger magistrates are more likely to be in full-time employment. We're more likely to understand issues that affect those in front of us appearing in court. So we're more likely to be in rented accommodation rather than owning houses. We're more likely to be geographically mobile. It just means that we're perhaps sometimes better able to empathise with those before us. But all diversity is really important in the court. So it's important that justice it's not only done, but it's seen to be done. And I'm sure you've heard that phrase before. But what it means is that when it's appropriate, people can watch me doing my job as a magistrate. That means if people have had something bad happen to them, if they're a witness or a victim, they can see it being corrected in court and they have faith in the system. So the victims and the wider community can check that I'm doing my job properly, that I'm being fair. And it's important, too, that when people see me in court, they see I'm from that younger age bracket. And at the bench has people from lots of different backgrounds. So the local community can go to court and see that we reflect and serve them. How can someone become a magistrate? So magistrates come from all walks of life. So you could be a shop assistant, a decorator, a teacher, an ambulance driver, just about any kind of role you can think of. You don't need a degree and you don't need legal experience or specific qualifications to be a magistrate. The Ministry of Justice and the court service will give you all the training you need, as well as all the support. So whatever your background and level of education, if you're aged between 18 and 65, you can be a magistrate. What's really important is that magistrates have common sense. They can communicate with people from different backgrounds and they have the capacity to make a fair decision. There are a small number of jobs that would prevent you from being a magistrate due to a conflict of interest. So, for example, if you were a police officer. But magistrates are responsible for making fair and reasonable decisions that impact the whole community. So again, they're actively looking for people from different ages, ethnicities and backgrounds. So really keen to reflect and represent the community. And just to give you some numbers, in 2020 to 2021, so looking at that year again, we had 12,651 magistrates in England and Wales. And there are over 150 magistrates courts across England and Wales. So lots of courts that you can visit and see it all in action. What kind of training do magistrates receive? So it's really unique in the legal system that you don't have legal qualifications to be a magistrate. It, it seems quite unusual to people, but we do receive a lot of training before they start. But we also have regular updates, particularly from organisations like the Magistrate Association. And we have mentors and we have competency reviews. And we need to have personal characteristics. So when we apply, we're tested on these. They are good character, commitment and reliability, social awareness, sound judgment, understanding and communication and maturity, 
and sound temperament. So those are the core skills, but there are other competencies. So particularly critical thinking, conflict resolution, working at pace, patience is really big, collaboration. And I tend to uh, tell people to think about not just the magistrate in court, which is the sort of public facing role, but also when we step out of court to make our decisions, that's actually where the bulk of our our role is. And that's so much about being able to talk to your colleagues, tell them your point of view, listen and understand their point of view, persuade and negotiate with them. Those are really interesting core skills about communicating and influencing. And I think it's really important for young people to be able to get those skills in their workplace. And that's what helps you progress really early on. And I found that quite difficult to to get in my workplace. So I always recommend to young people think about the magistracy because it gives you a really unique opportunity to build those really core skills of communicating, persuading. Why did you want to become a magistrate? It's a very good question. So I was working as a lawyer in private practice, so in, in a law firm. And I specialised in civil law, so a different branch to criminal law. But I really missed being in court and I really missed feeling like I was part of the justice system. And I missed hearing the stories from people's ordinary lives. And I knew that having people from a wide range of backgrounds was a really important thing for confidence in the system. So that was another big motivation for me. I wanted to kind of add to that diversity So I'm from a very privileged background, but what I do bring to the bench is that younger perspective. And I knew there were very few young magistrates sitting, so I wanted to really add value there. And I've been a magistrate for four years and I sit in the central London courts, which are very busy courts, very interesting courts. And the reason I continue to sit is every day is completely different and you really see impact on people's lives. Uh, There's nothing really like it. And you see all parts of society. You hear lots of different human stories. You come across people. Well, I come across people that I never normally would in my everyday life. And it keeps me really grounded as well. It reminds me of what's important. And it's just a real privilege to be part of and endlessly fascinating. Do you have other work and how do you fit in being a magistrate? So magistrates fit their volunteering around their work or other commitments. So to be a magistrate, you just need to be able to commit 13 days a year for a minimum of five years. And your employer, if you're in employment, has a legal obligation to let you have time off to volunteer. So most employers give paid leave for at least some of the magistrate sitting days. But if you miss out on pay, then you are able to claim an allowance at a set rate and you also get some allowance for travel and other expenses. So what I do is I work in the civil service now. So I work for the government and I take two days a month to sit. And my employer is very supportive and understanding. And in the network, we want to do more work with employers to help encourage their employees to sit and a greater recognition of the work that their staff do as magistrates. And we recently released a paper with some ideas to help support employers. How do magistrates deal with cases that involve children? And do you hear these cases? So I sit in the adult criminal court, but there are two other courts. There's a youth court and a family court. 
So in the youth court, it's a type of court that deals with young people who commit offences. So people aged between 10 and 17 years old. And the aim of the youth justice system is to prevent offending by children and young people, but also to consider their welfare. And youth courts are not open to members of the public. So my court, the adult criminal court, is. But the youth court isn't open without express permission of the court, so they're closed. Youth courts also sit slightly differently. They're less formal, as you'd expect, and the magistrates are specially trained to sit in those courts. So they're particularly good at dealing with young people and the issues that affect them. And the sentences are less about punishment and more about trying to change behaviour and attitudes. And the parents are also very involved in youth cases. And almost all those cases involving children and young people deal with issues like antisocial behaviour, drug offences, knife crime, theft and burglary. Um, but you could have anything come to, to the youth court. And family court, again, specially trained magistrates. And as a family court magistrate, you'd have a significant impact on a child's life and a family's future. So an example of cases, you could be supporting separated parents with childcare arrangements. So parents, for example, going through a divorce. You could be enforcing child maintenance orders. So that's the, the amount of money that could be going to, to maintain the child's needs. You could even be helping to prevent domestic abuse. So these are really emotional situations that magistrates have support and training to help them handle them effectively. And the cases are split in the family court into private and public. So in private law cases, these are usually brought by parents and they can include orders that um, affect a child's life. But a public law case is usually involving the local authority. So it's usually interventions to protect children. And it can include, for example, arrangements for a child to be part for adoption. And in terms of, sort of young people's voices in courts, I would really encourage you to read the Centre for Justice Innovations 2020 paper on young people's voices in the youth court. You, you can read a, a lot of different angles, but I think it's a really interesting paper if you want to get started. Do you think the voices of children are heard within the legal system? It's a really good question. So if you think of family law cases, in private law, private family law, which we just spoke about, you could have special representation for children. So somebody speaks on their behalf. And sometimes we see children writing letters to judges and magistrates, which is fantastic. So they get their views across in their own words. And my colleagues are encouraged to respond to them. And, and I think they always do. In public law, a child will be put in touch with a specially trained social worker or solicitor who gets to know them really well and again ensures their voices are heard. So there is special training for those who are involved in the youth court and there is the opportunity for the defendant, the young person to speak. So they are represented by a solicitor and there are also other agencies, for example, the probation officer will also speak to the young person, get to know them and represent them or represent their views at least. But generally I would say it's a really good question because I do think the legal system can sometimes be short-sighted and it sometimes only sees what's in front of it. So I do think we would benefit from thinking about our young people as our future judges, magistrates, lawyers, jurors, and just general good law-abiding citizens. I think it's really important that young people are engaged and empowered by the system so I really encourage you and other young people to get acquainted with the justice system and think about it 
as a core public service like health or education. So to go and learn about it. So less about something to be scared of and more about something to learn about and feel empowered by. You do have to be 14 years old and over to go and watch criminal proceedings, but you can watch YouTube representations and you can see other cases. So I also work with an organisation called Young Citizens and they work with the Magistrates Association. Young Citizens put on mock trials and that helps young people learn about the courts, but also pretend to be in the court and they take up different roles and they go through an example case. And that helps them really understand the court system, but also feel quite empowered by it and feel like they could be involved. I think it's really important that it's not just something we think about when things go wrong. It should be something in society that we understand, we can input into and we can feel proud of. So I really want young people to be to be even more involved. I have a question I ask all of our guests. What were you like at 10 and what did you imagine you'd go on to be as an adult? So at 10, I was very curious about the world and I wanted to be a journalist. And I think the reason for that was that I loved writing and I liked the idea of finding out the truth you know sometimes being a bit of a detective and I really liked stories I really liked human stories and I think that's probably why I love the magistracy because you just get to hear stories all day long people explain their circumstances to you and there's nothing more fascinating than being told a story. Thank you so much Catherine for telling us about the work of a magistrate. Do you have any final advice for children who want to understand more about the work of magistrates and the legal system? Yes, I would encourage people to go to the Magistrates Association website and you can see my group's page on that website as well. Also to look at young citizens, so they're the ones that run the mock trials and an organisation called Justice, which is a great human rights charity if you want to find out more. There's also an organisation I'm involved with called the Schools Consent Project, and they go to schools and they teach children about consent in the law. And you can actually request that they come to use to your school. And I do some of those sessions. So I, I love to go and talk to young people about the law. And the final message I would just leave you with, if I, if I may, is just that message of empowerment. So the law isn't something to be scared of as a young person. It's a really powerful tool it can keep society civil, it protects vulnerable people, it ensures fairness between individuals and people and the state, and it can be used as a tool for really effective, positive change. So my message would be, go get involved. Think about the magistracy when you get close to 18, we'd love to have you. Go to your local court when you can, and ask for lawyers and people working in the system to come to your schools and talk to you because I'm sure they would love to do so. Thank you so much. Well, Anne, what do you think about what Catherine told us? Well, it's very interesting that they have three magistrates and Catherine described it like the wings of a bird to support each other and that majority decisions are easier to come to. Most of the courts are open to everyone to see how justice is done, but for certain cases, such as family ones, they are private. Also, children can write letters to judges and magistrates to explain their point of view in family disputes. I was interested that there are mock trials that children have taken part in and they can be found on YouTube. We'll put the links 
she mentioned about these videos and also reports in our podcast notes. In these podcasts, we've been exploring how laws work and affect young people. All of these things can help children understand their rights and responsibilities so that they can make informed decisions, not only about their lives, but also about voting for MPs who make the laws and understanding how the legal justice system works. It's also important that children know they should be kept safe and that adults must care for them. Remember, if you have any worries, talk to an adult you trust and tell them how you feel. This includes your teachers at school who are there to look after you too. So tell them that you need to talk to them. You can find more information on Kids Law Info website. Keep your questions coming in. Please subscribe, rate and share the podcast with your friends. See you soon in the next episode. Bye. Bye.